Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Good day and welcome all listeners to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast. This is episode 4, where we will be discussing our predictions for 2021, including the Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, and UEFA Euro 2020. This podcast is sponsored by Starstruck Bakery and Misuboy SG. So, firstly, welcome back, Arjun. Arjun, welcome. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, today we also have a special guest joining us today. Uh, is Uday. Uday, welcome. Hi. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a great <laughs> session today. Uh, Uday, can uh, maybe you can give our listeners a background of yourself? Who do you support? Where are you from? Stuff like that. Yeah. Sure. Um. So I am supporting Manchester United. I have been supporting Manchester United since I was six years old. So it looks like it's been almost. 19 years or 20 years as well. So it's been a very interesting relationship with Manchester United. Those peak glory days. I remember talking about Manchester United with Arjun during our high school days as well and not concentrating in our moral class, which <laughs> may have been the reason why I didn't do so well. Yeah, good times. Like so, yeah, good times. <laughs> I know, exactly. But um, besides that, yeah, we've, we've just been talking about a lot of football every time. Um, the season, this season is very interesting, uh, very unpredictable and because of the unpredictability and because Manchester United has been in transition since Sir Alex Ferguson left, so um, I feel like this might be a great season for Manchester United to at least win the title. So yeah, let's hope for the best right now and that's not my predictions right now, I will provide my predictions later on, but it's definitely a great season for Manchester United to win, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Udi. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, without further ado, let us start today's podcast. Um, the first prediction that we are going to do today is the Premier League champion. So maybe Udi can start first, then Arjun. Yeah, sure. So, with regards to answering your question, I feel like the Premier League champions this season, at least, may be a three-horse race between Manchester City, Manchester United, and Liverpool. I think I this. I informed earlier that how unpredictable the season is and Manchester United might win it just because of the inconsistencies at the start of from, from Liverpool and Man City. But and right now the inconsistency from Liverpool as well. They have not been playing really well. The last four games they have been um there have been three draws, if I'm not mistaken, against West Brom, one against Fulham, and another one against um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They lost against Southampton, yeah, so they did really well, bad and everything. Yeah, I even saw the highlights with regards to that match. And yes, there were some attacking input, but it didn't look as interesting as they should have been, especially from last season. And we knew this was going to happen because they looked so great last season. And that was definitely going to go downhill, especially with this COVID and the lack of supporters. Maybe the injury to Virgil and Dyke has caused a lot of problems, especially the Increased number of injuries as well from the other uh, players going forward. So, I think maybe 
Manchester United is one. Um, and also, Manchester United looked very interesting. They have this new tactic, which is diving for penalties or getting penalties in the last 15 minutes. That's worked so far, which is why we are at the top three right now. So, I don't know. Maybe with regards to this and with Bruno Fernandes just scoring every single penalty that Manchester United has, um, it might look really well. And this penalty dig is especially from coming from the recent comments from Jurgen Klopp indicating <laughs> that Manchester United has been getting more penalties than Liverpool in the last five years. So, that's why I keep on repeating the penalty claim right now. So, yeah, uh, that's Manchester United. The Man City moving forward, yeah, they have been looking really good. Like, I saw the last two games with Chelsea and the Manchester United match in the Carabao Cup. They have been playing very counter-attacking football. Their defense is just shut down really well right now. Ruben Diaz looks solid and he makes John Stones look really good. Um, Phil Foden has um, become a revitalized player, especially the last three to four game weeks between the matches in Chelsea and Manchester United. And Kevin De Bruyne as a false nine seems like a no-brainer because of what he did last season. But it's only the last three to four games that uh, Pep Guardiola decided to do that. So that's one thing that we should put into consideration. They have also scored slightly lower than expected goals. Um, they have scored 24 goals. They were expected to score at least 29.3 goals this season so far. So... It's slightly less because of the injuries to their strikers and Gabriel Jesus not being very efficient up forward. So, yeah, that's why Man City looks like a really good contender this season. Liverpool, yes, I told earlier that they have been very inconsistent, but we can't just write them off straight away, you know. They, <laughs> the recent FA Cup match that happened right now, they just beat uh, Aston Villa 4-1 convincingly and you get players like Sadio Mane and Mo Salah scoring, scoring goals. And if you just get them to be scoring more consistently and if when they're on form and when they're good, they're in the rhythm, they can like beat every team in the Premier League right now. So, yeah, they have been looking very um, down or maybe with regards to too many games. Sadio Mane has played eight games in the last 40, 40 days. Even Mo Salah had to be rested with the Crystal Palace match. So, I think the fixture schedule might be um, straining Liverpool's team. But once they have a full squad team, I feel like Liverpool might be uh, challenging the title back again. So, I think that's my predictions. Arjun? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, if you were to choose one, one out of three, who would you predict? Um, if I had to choose one out of three, I would choose Manchester City right now. Unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah, understand. Alright, Arjun? Uh, so, as for the Premier League champion, uh, I agree with Ude that uh, I, I also believe it's going to be a three-horse race uh, so far between United, Liverpool and uh, Manchester City. At one point in the season, um, we did have Tottenham Hotspur in the mix as well. But uh, in during recent matches, they have shown that they are pretty inconsistent. And I believe they are like one cane or son injury away from uh, having real goal-scoring problems. Having said uh, about Liverpool's inconsistencies in the last three matches, uh, I still do believe they are probably the favourite for the title. If I had to choose one team out of the three, it would be Liverpool. Uh, because so far this season, they are still the top scorers in the division with 37 goals, uh, where the next highest scoring team is Manchester United with 33. So uh, I, I believe that if they just get back Virgil van Dijk from injury, and it does look like he's making fast progress, 
uh, I believe that they will uh, retain the title, but no doubt it will be a lot closer than it was last season, where they seem to just walk to the title with no close challengers. But uh, the the point about Manchester City was interesting as well, that they are looking better and better, especially with Ruben Diaz and John Stones. So I believe it will be Liverpool for the title uh, with Manchester City and Manchester United fighting it out for the second place. Uh, yeah, so that that's probably my prediction. Yeah, I agree with your point regarding Liverpool. As a Liverpool fan, um, uh, to be honest, yeah, we do, as a Liverpool, we do see the drop in standard compared to last season. But having said that, it's kind of weird that even though there's a drop in standard in the play and of course in the result as well, uh, Liverpool is still leading the table. Yeah. But of course, yes, I, I agree with both of you. Liverpool are much more vulnerable this season as compared to last. And it's whether or not we'll drop in that. Yeah, yeah, it will be a lot. It's, it's good for the Premier League in the sense that it's, it's closer. Yeah. And whether or not Virgil Van comes back for this season, it's still, it's still a doubt. Lah. We still don't know about his progress in terms of recovery yet. Yep, yep. I agree yep, with you. Yeah, okay. It's much better. Yeah, let, let, let's, let's move on to the next one, which is top four. And in the order of first to fourth, your prediction, please, Uday. Okay, so I told earlier Man City is going to win. And then um, Manchester United... Liverpool, and finally, I am going to say Aston Villa. I know this is going to sound very interesting, but Aston Villa have been playing very, very good football. Even they are under 23, has performed really well against, um, how you say, the Liverpool side in the FA Cup. So why I'm saying that is because I have had a look at the, while preparing for this podcast, I've had a look and Aston Villa is first in the top five leagues with by the top five leagues, I mean the Premier League, the French League, the German Leagues. First, with regards to possession, with regards to aerials one, and then with regards to just a couple more things. that I, by, by that, I'm just going to get the um, points. Right? Aerials one, they want 21.9 aerials, which means there's a fight in them, which you have never seen by any other team that's outside right now. The next best with regards to the aerials one, I can have a look right now, is... RB Leipzig, they are second with 19.1 aerials one. So there is this grit in them that sounds very interesting that I, I'm not too sure whether anyone saw it. With regards to goals, they scored 29 goals this season. That in compared to all the other um, teams that's in and around them, they are sitting at the yeah, eighth position. Sorry, yeah, the eighth position. And they also have uh, really good shots per game, which is 15.9, which is pretty high up there for a supposedly mid-table team. So that's why I brought them up there. Um, and I just like to take note of the point that Arjun stated earlier that Spurs is a Son and Kane injury from basically uh, not being able to win anything and even getting uh, destroyed completely because they have contributed to around 50% of the goals. Am I right? Uh, yes. Or yes. Probably so more. that is, yes, that sounds very. Um, Scary with regards to Tottenham Hotspur. So that's why Spurs is not in it. So, yeah, over to you, Arjun. Yeah. So, uh, my order would be uh, Liverpool, United, Manchester City, and then Spurs. So, uh, I, did, I do agree with uh, Ode about uh, the point about Aston Villa, where I feel they are a very interesting team. And we are almost at the halfway point of the season. And they have the third best defence in the league, just behind Tottenham Hotspur and Manchester City having considered just 16 goals. And they also have a pretty decent attack, 
where they have scored 29 goals, which is more than the likes of Manchester City, equal to the likes of Tottenham Hotspur. So they are a very, a very good team, and it looks like they are getting results this uh, season. But the reason that I couldn't see them sneaking into the top four above Tottenham Hotspur is because I feel uh, they do not have the experience of Tottenham or the experience of Jose Mourinho. Uh, although I felt that uh, with an injury to Son or Kane, Spurs won't be able to compete for the title uh, with the likes of Liverpool, Man United and Man City. But I think Tottenham can still sneak into the top four just because of the experience of Jose Mourinho. Uh, I feel this is a man who, uh, who knows how to win who knows how to win ugly. Uh, so, not having his uh, good attackers, I think he will still be able to grind out results, probably just enough to sneak into the top four. Having said that, I would definitely uh, back Aston Villa to uh, provide them a close fight. And yeah, that's probably my prediction. Yeah, I understand. Uh, Uday, I have a question for you. What do you think about MU's uh, rumours with Jack Grealish? And do you think if Jack Grealish leaves, that would mean you know Aston Villa cannot challenge for a top four? Would you um, want Jack Grealish in MU? The rumours are actually great for Manchester United um, because we have been over-reliant on one player, which is Bruno Fernandes. And to have another attacking midfielder may be great, especially as a backup to um, Bruno Fernandes so that at least Bruno Fernandes can have somebody to you know, rely on once if, let's say, he wants to take a break. With regards to how Aston Villa will play without Jack Willish, yeah, I think Aston Villa may uh, have a dip in form once Jack Willish uh, leaves As- uh, Aston Villa because of how he has been very essential to them. Yes, based on the research I have done, he has been contributing to assists and goals once every three games. Not one goal or one assist for every three games, but every three games or so, he's always been there popping up here and there, giving them the assist that they need. So, they, they look very, very important for them. I'm not saying Aston Villa is a one-man team right now because even El Ghazi has stepped up to the play and El Ghazi wasn't even in the um, first starting eleven when Ross Barkley was playing. But since Ross Barkley's injury, El Ghazi has improved tremendously on the left wing where Jack Village used to play at the start. So, I don't know. I feel like without Jack Village, Aston Villa may just go back to relegation battle. Yeah, and also they have this new striker from Brentford, uh, Ollie Watkins, which is quite yes, quite good this season as well. Yeah, yeah it's good, but a bit inconsistent, I would like to say, with regards to that. He has missed a couple of chances. He was the penalty taker initially, and then he, he was removed because of the penalty miss that he uh, he hit the bar, I think. So, I don't know, he's been a bit inconsistent. So, that's what I feel with regards to Ollie Watkins. I feel like if they had a better striker, they would be much more in the mix with the top four race rather than um, where they are right now. Oh, I would also like to say that uh, I think Martinez, signing Martinez has contributed heavily to their defensive record. He has brought some uh, assurances to the back four and it seems like it has paid off. Yeah, it was yeah, a it good was... move for him like, from, from Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just would like to bring a call back to your last podcast where you said that um, it's a step up for him and Based on the league table this season, it is a step up from Martinez to from Arsenal to Liverpool because Arsenal is way below Aston Villa right now. So it's a great call by you guys and a great statement by yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good point. All right, let's move on to relegation. Uh, three teams that you predict will relegate this season, Uday? Okay, so the three teams that I would like to predict for relegation, the first would be Sheffield United. They are currently worst 
they are, have the worst Premier League start ever since of the whole Premier League. They just look really bad. Um, one of the reasons with regards to this was the loss of their defensive player, Jack O'Connell, who was very important in their overlapping centre-back tactic, which happened last season. So, and whatever players that they have used to replace him have not been up to the mark. And all teams have been just attacking that area, the left centre-back area in which um, he used to play as well. And I remember the game against Crystal Palace where they lost 2-0 and the second goal was such an easy goal by Eze. He just ran from the halfway line and he just shot it just right outside the penalty box. And they just looked so bad. Everyone was, all the defenders and all the Sheffield United players were just running back. And they, no pressure was added to him and he just shot the ball and he just went in. So, of course, it required a bit of skill placing the ball into the corner as well. But it just looks so bad right now and I feel like they will definitely go down. Um, West Brom... West Brom is my other team that I would like to add into the mix because um, Big Sam does not look like the manager that he used to be. Um, of course, these stats that I'm giving you does not just include Big Sam, but the previous manager as well, Village. But in the last 10 games, they have lost 7, won 1 and drew 2. And then the last two games, they have lost at the aggregate score of 9-0. So they just look so bad. And the game against Leeds as well, I would like to say the same thing, but they were just backing off and they were not even like no pressure at all. Leeds were able to score five goals against them without any pressure. All five goals look like very easy goals to me. And I feel like they just are not cut out for the Premier League. They have not been scoring goals. They have not been doing anything interesting. They're just there to fill up the 20 teams right now. And I feel like such a waste for them to be there. The final team that which might be a bit of a surprise is Newcastle United. Newcastle United, um, they are the third lowest in regard to big chances considered. They have considered 15 big chances. That's the same as Sheffield United. So if you are putting Sheffield United there, you should definitely put Newcastle United in your relegation battle. They have scored one goal in three games. Albeit it has been against Liverpool, Man City and another team altogether, but it was scored by Andy Carroll. And if the goal scored by Andy Carroll, you must be worried. It's the Andy Carroll that was moved from Newcastle to Liverpool for $35 million. And I don't know, he's not been looked any interesting once he, uh, since the Liverpool days until now. They also 8 points clear. However, they have played 2 more games than Burnley and Fulham. Um, why I bring this up is because Fulham, I feel like, might survive with regards to this. Um, Fulham has been playing really well the last four games. They have um, drawn four of them. They have drawn against Liverpool, Southampton, Brighton and Newcastle, which sounds really interesting. Um, they have improved tremendously at the back because they have their main centre-back partnership. And... Um, and can you imagine a team that's playing without their main striker, Mitrovic? It takes a bold manager to play without him, and that's what he did in the last game, and they still drew. Can you imagine Spurs without Son and Kane, or Manchester United without Fernandez, and yet still playing all right? You know, not the best football you would expect, but playing all right for them to at least survive relegation. So these are my thoughts with regards to relegation battle. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with the Sheffield United call, definitely. I think uh, any person related to football at this point of time uh, could not back Sheffield United to survive. Uh, just for some reference, they are on course to uh, finish 
with the lowest ever points tally in the Premier League, where uh, the lowest ever tally before this has been Derby County, who has been the worst ever Premier League team uh, before this, where they only had 11 points at the end of the uh, Premier League season 2007-2008 season. So at almost the halfway point, Sheffield United only have two points, and they are on course to finish with about five points, uh, given the number of matches, and that would definitely be the worst ever uh, tally for a Premier League club, and they look uh, definitely a surefire to go down. Uh, like Uday said, there doesn't seem to be any determination or any um, fight at all in their games. And the second uh, shout I also agree with is West Brom, uh, where they have considered the most number of goals in the Premier League, which is 39 goals, uh, which is quite a lot for 16 matches. Uh, they look just look absolute shambles at the back, and it doesn't seem like they would have enough, even with Sam Allardyce, to survive, unless Sam Allardyce can pull off a few key signings uh, in the January transfer window. For my third team, I'm going to go for Brighton, uh, just because uh, they have played two more matches than Fulham and Burnley. And they are, their form in the last four or five matches hasn't been that great. They have drawn a few and lost one. Uh, they, they are doing all right in the goal scoring department, where they have more goals than the club surrounding them. But they are defensively, they are not doing too well. And the goals they have scored mostly have come in the games that they have lost or drawn. Um, as for Fulham, I feel they are playing well enough to survive. Uh, they have gotten good results against uh, Liverpool and a few other teams. So I think Fulham will have enough to survive. Burnley uh, seem to be doing better now with Nick Pope back in form. So I think they will survive too. And yeah, so my choice is Brighton, the third team to go down. All right, thank you, Arjun and Uday. Uh, let's move on to Champions League winner for this season, Uday. Um, so the Champions League winner, I think I am just going to say Manchester City as well because of whatever was stated earlier with the discussion with all of us. They are really hungry with regards to that and I think that's their main focus right now. Having win won the Premier League two times over the last three seasons, I feel like their owners are really one Pep Guardiola to win the Champions League this season. Um, this is, of course, <laughs> with no back up with regards to any stats because Champions League football has not been played for some time right now. So, But they still look really good and I think um, with their strength in depth right now and Sergio Aguero coming back to fitness soon, it might play a huge um, key with regards to them moving forward. And don't rule out another team that I would like to bring out is Bushy Dortmund. Bushy Dortmund look like an interesting dark horses. They're not very um, doing not do so well in their German league. They're third in their German league right now. However, in the Champions League, they have been look on fi- they have been looking on fire. I've had a look at their highlights recently, and they just look so well trained and well balanced. And all you need is just one chance to be gifted to Erling Haaland Brown, and he will score it. So. I wouldn't be surprised if Borussia Dortmund at least go to the semi-final with regards to just this one striker. Of course, they have other team members like Gaden Sancho who still look pretty, um, how you say, interesting of a winger in a German league, especially knowing he's an English and you know how English players don't do well abroad. He's doing really well abroad over there. So I think he's doing really well. So this is my prediction with regards to Champions League. 
So um, my prediction for the champion is uh, still Bayern Munich. I think uh, having won the Champions League last season, they still look uh, much stronger than all the other clubs in Europe. I think they will still have more than enough to win the Champions League again. Um, having said that, I would also uh, say that Juventus might make it to the final, might uh, run it close, just because uh, although Juventus as a team have not done extremely well in Serie A, where AC Milan and Roma have, uh, even Inter Milan have overshadowed them, but uh, taking a look at the Champions League group stages, they, they have finished first in a group containing Barcelona as well. So with Ronaldo in the team, I don't think you can rule out Juventus. So I think it would be Bayern Munich with Juventus coming close. All right. Thanks, Arjun. Uh, let's move on to uh, Europa League winner. Okay. So uh, my Europa League prediction winner would be Spurs because um, Spurs look like a team that they're really hungry to win a, a cup this season. Um, the other reason why they are there is because Man City is not there. So that's another reason why Spurs might have a chance of winning because I feel like Man City just might clean sweep all the cups right now. Jose has won the Europa League as well with Manchester United. So it's definitely something that they're looking forward to. Um, they look sharp against Leeds, the last game, where they scored 3-0. Um, they should have scored more. But um, I think that's one of my reasons why I think they're just, they're just going to win because of Jose Mourinho's experience with regards to that. But don't rule out these two other teams. One is AC Milan. Based on what Arjun said earlier, they looked really well. Except the last game against Juventus, where they were just slightly unlucky. Of course, Juventus did really well and out of their skin. Um, in the game they had, um, Ju Juventus had 14 shots, AC Milan had 20 shots, and Juventus had 6 on target, AC Milan had 8 on target, so they looked really well. They're still 7 points ahead of Juventus as well. So, AC Milan sounds really good, and they have been unbeaten in 12 games in all competitions. And they recently lost to Juventus, and the last game that they lost was in the Europa League. So, yeah, this is definitely one thing I would like team I would like to highlight. The other team is Lille. Sounds a bit interesting, but they're playing really well right now. They're third in the French League, three points behind leaders. And it's just with regards to how crazy the whole COVID is and the whole season has been, this whole year has been, I feel like it would be great if you were to have like an unknown team winning the Europa League. But of course, this is with regards to um, the fact that they're doing really well in the league and hopefully they can transfer that form to the Europa League as well. So these are my predictions. Uh, Uday, how far do you think MU will go in the Europa League? MU should be going to the semi-final and then losing it there because of um, the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer semi-final voodoo. So that's my prediction with regards to that. Yeah. All right, Arjun? Yeah. Uh, my predictions are very similar. I also back uh, Spurs to win the Europa League title just because it seems like the most possible cup for them to win. And Jose Mourinho, he's had his second season. And traditionally, he has always won something in his second season. So, realistically, this looks like the best part for Spurs to win, best cup for Spurs to win this season. Um, having said that, I would definitely say AC Milan, uh, Manchester United, and Napoli would come close. Uh, Napoli has been doing decently well in Serie A, but they always have the ability to surprise teams. Uh, so, yeah, I think this, this would be the team. Um, with regards to Man United, I completely agree that I also think they would fall in the semi-finals yet again. 
regarding this semi-final hoodoo, do you think that it is a, a mentality issue or it's a mental block that MU have to go through? Uh, I, I think, really like to take that. Yeah, yeah I think uh, it's half a mental block. Uh, having lost, I think, what is it, three, four semifinals now? Um, it's definitely mental block is there. Uh, it's psychological. But also, I think there is a bit of overconfidence because of the momentum in the cup run uh, leading up to the semifinals. And obviously, when you reach the semifinals, you face a strong team and you're uh, you need to play at your absolute best and sometimes the whole confidence kills you. So I think that's what happened. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think it does play in the, 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 the player's mind uh, because like for example, the previous uh, game against City, even before the game, uh, the media is talking about oh, the last three semi-final that Ole has reached, they, uh, they have lost it, all of them, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Ude, you were saying something. Go yeah. ahead. I totally agree. No, I was just saying I totally agree with both of your points as well. Um, I think maybe it's just the inexperience of Ole and, and the overconfidence and even the over-reliance on one player, Bruno Fernandes. Um, the recent game in the Carling Cup or Carabao Cup, I'm so sorry for using the older name, but the Carabao Cup is that I think Manchester didn't play that well. They played all right. They were able to fight Man City, even though Man City was, you know, they, they looked like a beast altogether. However, when you have one player who's been carrying the team throughout and he just looks knackered, tired, he looks, um, how you say, overplayed, he definitely needs the rest. Once he, he doesn't perform very well, you definitely have a slump in Manchester United moving forward. And that is why we lost the last semi-final. I feel that might happen in the other cup run competitions as well because of the other games that you play, you play all these other games, you get really tired and eventually when you have to play in a serious game as well, like a semi-final or a final, you just get um, too tired by carrying your team single-handedly. So I think that might be one of the, one of the few reasons why Manchester United have been doing uh, quite poor in the semi-finals of most cup competitions. Alright, thank you. Uh, let's move on yeah. to some FA Cup prediction, FA Cup winner this season. Um, so I think uh, I would like to go ahead first. I, with regards to winning it, of course, um, I don't want to keep on saying Man City over and over again, but most probably be Man City. But I, teams that I think that should focus on it, I've listed around five teams that I feel like should focus, prioritize the FA Cup compared to the Premier League or other cups they're in because um, I feel like these are the, this will be a great opportunity for them to win the cup. And another team that I think that should focus on this is Southampton. Um, we didn't bring them up in the top four race, although they just recently beat uh, Liverpool and they're doing really well, actually. is um, I feel like their terms of squad or strength in depth might not be very good. Um, we were saying how Son and Kane are very important to Spurs. Uh, Danny Ings, maybe even a Vestergaard injury or a defensive defender injury for Southampton might cause a huge shakeup. Even their goalkeeper, Alex McCarthy, recently got injured. Um, but somehow, they were able to survive the game against Liverpool. But yeah, these are the things that they should definitely consider. Southampton will not win the Premier League. They may be stuck in the middle table or whatever, top middle. But they should definitely focus on the FA Cup if they, are, if they want to be uh, title challengers. And the manager, Ralph Hasselhutten, really looks like a nice manager to me. And he cried after beating Jurgen Klopp because his, his aim or his focus or his tactics go around Jurgen Klopp's Jurgen pressing as well. So it's definitely interesting to have a team like Southampton to win. Wolves as well. They have recently lost their main striker this season in the 
uh, the middle of the middle of the season. I think the eighth, ninth game as well. Um, so they're definitely not going to get relegated. They have changed the tactics here and there. Because where are they going to move forward in their third season in the Premier League? They have done really well the last two seasons. And I feel like this is something they should put into consideration if they want to be considered as a big team in the pre- in the English uh, league. Everton as well. Um, the manager, he's a season winner. You know, he's won so many cup, especially cup competitions with Real Madrid and with AC Milan and every other team that he's been with. So, especially Chelsea as well. So, and I think he's won it with Chelsea in the FA Cup. Can someone correct me with regards to this? Yeah, not 2010. Sure. Yes, in 2010. So, it's definitely yeah. something they should focus on as well. I don't think Everton is going to go into the top four. And again, if just the similar points with regard to if they want to focus on uh, being a major team in the England. And it's also a route for them to go to Europe as well. So that'll be quite interesting if they were to win that. And the last team is Manchester United. Of course, the fact that Man City is going to win the Premier League and you definitely won a cup this season if you want to keep Ole Gunnar Solskjaer next season because that's most probably his success um, for this season, at least one cup uh, victory. So an FA Cup would be great for his uh, Arsenal moving forward and maybe to prove to the doubters that, look, we should keep him in charge. He's at the wheel and he's doing really well. So this is uh, my five teams that should focus on the FA Cup. Yeah, so as for the winner, uh, I think Manchester City as well. In recent times, I feel they've been really strong in domestic cups, uh, in the Carabao Cup as, as well as the FA Cup. So I think Manchester City uh, are probably the favourites. But interestingly, I would probably choose a dark horse, which is Arsenal, which might surprise uh, people since they have not been on great form and they have been heavily criticised. But traditionally, every season that Arsenal has been playing poorly in the Premier League, they have been doing well in the FA Cup. And there's a reason why uh, they are the record FA Cup winners with 14 FA Cup wins. So uh, I would say Arsenal is definitely a dark horse uh, for the FA Cup. But Man City look, seem to have enough to win the FA Cup. All right. Uh, Carling Cup. Uh, sorry, Carling. Carabao Cup winner. Spurs versus Manchester yeah. City. Yeah, I think this shows how old we are. The fact that we keep on calling it the Carling Cup instead of the Carabao Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, Spurs versus Man City. Of course, Man City. Um, Arjun, any doubts? Yeah, Man City. <laughs> um, having said that, uh, having experienced Jose Mourinho as a Man United, I would definitely say don't rule him out. Yeah, Man City. I think just uh, to elaborate I think on Man City that, has enough. Yeah, just to elaborate. Go on, go on, Arjun. Yeah, so for example, uh, I think yeah, United I... beat Juventus 2-1 away when we thought there was not a chance in the world that we we're going to come away from there with even one point. Uh, but under Jose, yeah. Jose Mourinho, you, you see some things are possible. So I would not I would not be surprised if Spurs do end up winning, but I think Man City will win. All yeah, right. Um, with regards to that, just very briefly, very briefly, um, I think we are praising Spurs a bit too much with regards to the Carling Cup final or Carabao Cup final because um, because they have not uh, they have played like very weak teams leading up to that. Man City at least played Manchester United in semi final. Even their match against Brentford, Spurs' match against Brentford, they considered a goal. Uh, albeit it was ruled offside by VAR, um, correctly of course, with the knee being offside by the Brentford striker. But um, it's just this inconsistencies um, that they show and these vulnerabilities that they have in the back as well. They have looked defensively solid. It's just at times that they, their mental 
strength moving forward because they've not won a cup for quite some time already. So yeah, that's why I say that Man City might win. So that's that. Yeah, but but if if there's one thing that Spurs will win, the factor will be Jose Mourinho being the X factor. Yeah, of course. I think. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt. That. All right, let's move on to our last segment. Uh, Euro twenty twenty. Who is your winner? Yeah, it's Euro twenty twenty delayed to Euro twenty twenty one. I think right now, I think they should change it, but I don't know why they still kept it as Euro twenty twenty. Um, I'm just gonna be um out there with regards to winning this Euro twenty twenty one. I think um I the favorites at least for this season is going to be France because they are current world champions. Um, they have a great squad in depth. Anthony Martial. Kylian Mbappe, um, just even their left back or right back, Lucas Dean in Everton looked really sharp this season. Um, Angolo Kante looks a bit off the mark right now, but even just I think they're attacking prowess. They have Kingsley Coman as playing for Bain. Yeah, France is going to win, especially because they're current world champions. Yeah, so I have no doubt about that. Uh, I completely agree. I think France is going to win. Uh, I read somewhere where they have insane squad depth where they could feel probably three or four starting 11 worth of um, first-teamers, where, yeah, uh, like lo- they have loads of star players in every position, and they seem to have found a team that would work to play together where they want to work up. So I think they would win the Euros. Having said that, I think uh, Belgium and Portugal would make the final. Belgium or Portugal would make the final. Portugal, just because of the Ronaldo factor and... Right now, they have uh, pretty good young players as well, like Bruno Fernandes. They have uh, Bernardo Silva. Um, and yeah. And with regards to Belgium, the only thing that could undermine them is probably their defence. With uh, Vincent Kompany gone and Yannick Vertonghen not playing especially well. Alderweireld is ageing. So if they can sort out their defence, they still have one of the best attacks. With De Bruyne, Hazard, Lukaku. So I think that they would probably run it close. Uh, with regards to England, I think they will probably make around the semi-finals. Yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah, I mean, we should also not uh, forget that England's squad in that episode is pretty um, wide as well. It's just... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just... We just know how England are. They do really well and then up to the semi-final and then they just crash because of the same thing that it has with, with, with talking with regards to Manchester United. Their overconfidence and... Um, just maybe not having a plan moving forward. The manager doesn't look like a manager who has a plan. So, yeah, that's my thoughts with regards to England. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Agree on the England point. If you look at England, individual players, they are performing quite well. You know, you have Jadon Sancho, you have Raheem Sterling, you know. But, yeah, when they put together to a team, like, sometimes they cannot perform as good as other teams. Yeah, completely agree. Understood. Yeah, Go all on. right. So, uh, we have come to the end of today's podcast. Uh, right. First, first and foremost, we'd like to thank Uday for joining us today. Welcome. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. No problem. No problem. Glad to have you on board. All right, fellow listeners, if you have any comments about this episode, please please do drop us a DM on our Instagram. Our Instagram is at Ruven Arjun, that is R V A N A R J U N, or at Steven Rock On that is at S-T-E-P-H-E-N underscore R-O-C-K underscore on once again this podcast is sponsored by Starshark Bakery and Misuboy SG alright thanks a lot Arjun and thanks a lot Uday till next time everyone goodbye